Hi, everybody. It's our first podcast, the Next Man Up podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jack MacArthur. Uh, we are both big sports fans. And uh, Jeremy, how about you give people a little background on yourself and the teams that you like? All right. So I kind of watch a lot of sports, um, but the main focus of our podcast is the big three, which I'm well versed in. Uh, I like watching NFL, college football, uh, college basketball, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, obviously. So we're obviously going to talk about all those. And saying that, I do have some slight biases, obviously, as I am a fan of some teams. Um, They might show through a little bit, um, but I'm a New York Knicks fan. I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan and a San Diego Padres fan, and I root for the Oregon Ducks when it comes to football and basketball. Yeah, and I am a big Ducks fan too, and um, I like the Seattle Mariners, the Carolina Panthers, and the Portland Trailblazers, and I'm a big Oregon sports guy. And overall, I do watch a lot of soccer, including the MLS and overseas soccer, like FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, and the Champions League, and Barclays Premier League. And I also follow the NBA, the MLB, NFL, um, and I watch college basketball and college football, too. All right. So, sounds like perfect opportunity. We're going to get into our first topic on our first podcast, which is a wrap-up of the NBA playoffs, which wrapped up not too long ago uh, from the time that we're recording this. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks took home the NBA championship over the Phoenix Suns in six games. So, Jack, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, my thoughts on this whole thing is that I think that super teams are overrated, and I think the Bucks finally got their uh, credit because Giannis is a certified superstar. You know, the 50, 50 piece, 50 points, 14 boards, and five blocks. That's just insane for a game six, man. And Giannis is just a beast. And, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they were up 2-0 in that series. Chris Paul turned the ball over too much. Booker was on a cold streak for a bit. And uh, Drew Holiday's defense was phenomenal in that series. And Chris Middleton was off and on. But when he did play good, he was like prime MJ. So, anyways, yeah, I think the Bucks are really good. Yeah. Um, obviously the Bucks won the championship and they played really good basketball towards the end of the stretch. Um, I just didn't have a lot of faith in the Phoenix Suns going into the playoffs. Uh, they kind of surprised me just a little bit, but obviously I think it really caught up to them when they got to the championship. Um, I felt like this is one of those years where I don't think there were any teams that were extra strong. You know, the Phoenix Suns obviously won the Western Conference Finals, but the Clippers were without Kawhi Leonard, who was a star. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, I felt like teams in this playoffs weren't quite as strong. Um, we saw a lot of injuries this year um, that could potentially be because of the shortened offseason. Um, but, you know, I felt like it was a pretty good playoffs. Obviously, my Knicks lost in the first round, but I didn't expect them to even make the playoffs. So there is that. Um one thing that I will say, though, is that I think you see some teams that maybe this is kind of their final run because what are they going to do? You know, they're kind of in a stuck, stuck in a rut kind of situation where they're stuck in the place. And I kind of look at a team like Portland and a team like Boston, you know, obviously Boston could improve, but I feel like they're kind of wrapped up in the contracts of Tatum and Jalen Brown and so 
they kind of need to add people around them, but I don't know what kind of way they're going to go with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Celtics are in a very interesting situation right now because they have two young stars in Brown and Tatum, and obviously they didn't go very far in the playoffs this year, um, but they have young talent. And, you know, like you said, we're going to talk about the Kawhi and the whole Clippers situation later, but it's very interesting to think about what, you know, where these big free agents are going to go, because arguably if the Clippers did have a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, they could have went to the finals and, and it could have been a different story if the Nets were hundred percent healthy. Um, obviously I still had faith in the Bucks because the Nets defense isn't very good. And I don't think that money buys championships. I think it's defense because it was still Kevin Durant, you know, a 60% healthy James Harden, Blake Griffin, uh, Jeff Green, a couple other good key role players. They didn't have Dinwiddie, though, but, you know, obviously this year's playoffs is a lot different. But uh, I think the, the Blazers and the Lakers, there's going to be a lot of big moves this offseason. Yeah. Okay. I think now we can kind of go into offseason moves. Um, there's some big names that could be hit in the market. There's some potential trades that could happen. So what are you kind of looking at for teams at the top to add and maybe teams that are closer to the bottom to kind of pick up? Well, we've seen a lot of interesting stuff happen. I mean, I don't know if the whole Shea Gilgis-Alexander rumor is true because the uh, reportedly the Thunder offered to trade Shea and another pick for the first overall pick to the Pistons, and that would just be very stupid of them because he's their he's their youngest franchise, you know, up 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 and coming star. Um, but like you mentioned about Paul, uh, Chris Paul, I mean, the Suns are pretty much going downhill from here for now, in my opinion. I mean, that's my hot take because the Chris Paul's 36 years old. I believe he's going to go to the Lakers this offseason and try to join LeBron and AD. But they could also get Russell Westbrook or uh, Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan. So I think that the Lakers need to target a good shooter like Buddy Heald or maybe even you know a good guard like DeMar DeRozan or Buddy Heald or maybe even Kyle Lowry. But I think Chris Paul would fit, with, fit good with the Lakers too um, since he's already 36. It's, Lakers is probably a good place for him. Uh, speaking on the Lakers, um, obviously they're always, and I mean always, tied to the big name free agent, a big trade, you know, because right. obviously the big market team, they're the Lakers. But one thing that I've kind of noticed is they don't have a lot of assets to put make trades. Um, so with that, I'm not sure how much they can really add this offseason. Um, obviously, they do have a guy like Schroeder who... Is he coming off his contract? I think he is, but they could yeah, do a sign-in trade. A player, yeah, he has a player option, but he just declined like a three-year 90 mil or something like that. True, but what they could do is, you know, a sign-in trade with him uh, to get right. somebody. Uh, like if Chris Paul was kind of like, yeah, I'm leave, want to leave or whatever, you know, sign-in trade. Stuff like that happens all the time. Like the Warriors sign-in traded uh, – Kevin Durant for D'Angelo Russell so that they could get back at least some sort of asset from losing him. So I think you, you should could... for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, remember That's Warriors. Right. Well, I thought it was okay. Yeah, and then the Warriors. Uh, yeah, had to get rid of Barnes. Well, that was uh, before Durant. I'm talking about when Durant was leaving. Right. So yeah, you've got kind of. I could see a bunch of teams doing that kind of situation, especially the Lakers because of the cap space kind of issues that they might have, because obviously they do have two stars and then they have some big kind of contracts uh, 
for their uh, contributors, the role players. Yeah, I think that the Lakers uh, really want to get rid of Kuzma and Pintavis um, Caldwell-Pope, but Schroeder, on the other hand, I don't even think that they should keep them. I think they should target a guy like Chris Paul or Lowry, like I said. But for the Blazers, on the other hand, I think the Blazers, like I don't know what's going on with Neil Olshay, but I think that the Blazers need to trade CJ McCollum for a guy like uh, Ben Simmons. I mean, although people are very people aren't very high on him because of his offensive mindset and kind of you know he's not very aggressive sometimes. He has really good defense, and I think the Blazers need a guy like Ben Simmons who can play great defense, or maybe even Demontis Sabonis. You know, they could do a package to get Miles Turner, or maybe even Carl Anthony Towns or Paul George. You know, they just need to improve their defense. Really, I mean, obviously they have Chauncey Billups now, but just changing. Just having a head coaching change isn't going to do much. You have to trade players too. So there's going to be a lot of big moves this offseason. But I see Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, Buddy Heald, or Chris Paul going to the Lakers. Maybe even a sign or trade, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'd also like to kind of point out Kawhi. I've seen some rumblings that he might – obviously before people were like, he's in L.A., he's going to stay in L.A. But I've seen some slight rumblings that he might not be a surefire thing to stay in L.A. Uh, do you have any thoughts? My thoughts are, I think that Kawhi has one of two, he has three, three choices. He can either re-sign with LA, he can go to the Warriors or he can go to the Heat. I think that if he was on the Warriors or the Heat, those are really good fits for him. Obviously the Warriors would be very stacked, but they'd probably have to trade like Wiggins and Wiseman and a couple picks or something like that. But it depends if he's a free agent, he could just join them. You know what I mean? But he could also join the Miami Heat. So we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi left because I don't think that he's super happy or high on Paul George when, you know, because he hasn't really talked about that. But I don't think that he wants Paul George as a second option anymore. Even though he was injured this season and they were in the WCF, Western Conference Finals, I I think Kawhi's going to leave. What about you? Um, I could see him leaving, but I could also see him staying. I mean, he, LA is kind of his home. Uh, it's kind of where he's made his name, obviously, up throughout his career. If I remember correctly, he was actually from there. And so I could see him staying uh, in LA and maybe trying to bring in some other pieces besides a Paul George. Um, but if he was going to leave, it there's a lot of teams that would obviously be interested like obviously the Knicks the Knicks have cap space that they could potentially sign them you know the he would try to make cap space um the Mavericks Mavericks could also to try to pair somebody with Luka uh the Warriors the Warriors want to add another star uh because they know that the clock with Curry and Clay is a little bit running out you know Curry's kind of getting a little bit older um and I think they want to kind of try to capitalize on his last good couple seasons yeah, I agree. I think that um, Stephen Clay and Draymond Green are kind of winding down, and they have a couple, two to three good years left. I mean, you have to people have to take into consideration that Steph Curry is thirty three, Draymond Green is what thirty two. Um, I'm gonna fact check that real quick, but yeah, I think that the Warriors have potential for this upcoming season. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Green's 31, but I think that they have potential, but the problem is like they only have a few good years left, like you mentioned, because uh, Curry's winding down, he's 33, and so they're going to – I mean, they have Andrew Wiggins, so they could make a, tr- a big trade or something, but we don't know how Clay Thompson's going to play when he comes back. 
after after getting you know not not playing basketball for two years and getting injured twice. We'll see how uh, Clay plays. Yeah, um, obviously, we'll see what happens uh, with how throughout the rest of the NBA offseason. But a big trade happened recently. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas no longer going to be part of the Memphis Grizzlies, and Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe not going to be part of the Pelicans. So what do you think those two players are going to add to their new teams, or those players are going to add to their new well, teams? Well, I think that it was a very interesting trade because Stephen Adams is probably in the midpoint of his career. I think he's 29 now. I'll have to check that one too. But Stephen Adams, I think that he's a great center. Um yeah, he's, he's 28. So, yeah, Steven Adams getting traded to the Grizzlies. I mean, that's that's a decent fit for them. Valanciunas was doing really good for the Grizzlies, but I think that the Grizzlies couldn't really pay him anyways, and they're kind of rebuilding because they have John Morant and um, Brandon Clark and all, and all these young guys, you know, like Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dillian Brooks or Dylan Brooks. But I just think that Eric Bledsoe, I, I read a report that said that he didn't, he, he didn't even really want to stay in um, – in Memphis, but the details of the trade were basically, um, if I can pull this up real quick. So the Grizzlies traded Valanciunas in a 2021 17th and 51st overall pick to the Pelicans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, um, the 10th and the 40th overall picks from the 2021 NBA draft, which is coming up soon, and a protected 22 first round pick. So I think that it's a pretty fair trade, but overall I would give the advantage to the Grizzlies or to the Grizzlies because Adams is probably better than Valanciunas right now, but they're both pretty good centers. Um, but yeah, what about what do you think? Uh, I think they're slightly different centers. I think Stephen Adams is much more of a defensive-minded one. He's not as offensively skilled as Valanciunas has been in the past, and I think Stephen Adams didn't really fit. Uh, the team as much like the Pelicans team as much as I think Valanciunas will so I think that is probably why they made the trade and obviously I don't think Eric Bledsoe really wanted to stay uh, in New Orleans I don't think he was happy there I don't think that's really where he wanted to be Um, so they got rid of him as well and but what I will say is the Grizzlies right obviously from the players that they got Obviously, I'm not going to talk about any of the picks because who knows what they're going to get with those. Who knows if they're going to trade them? Who knows what they'll do? But with the, obviously, Eric Bledsoe, they have John Morant. um, So I don't know where he necessarily fits on that team. Um, Because I guess you could play John Morant off ball. You could play Eric Bledsoe off ball. But I just feel like that's not necessarily going to work as well. I feel like they're both players that need the ball in their hand. Um, obviously, Eric Bledsoe is a pretty good defender for the guard position. And then you're going to also add Steven Adams, who I think is going to help them. And it's going to allow uh, other players on their team uh, to maybe have more of an increased offensive role. Because I feel like Steven Adams is not going to actually need to be kind of an integral part of the offense there. Yeah, it's true. I think that John Morant's an emerging superstar, and he's the star player on the Grizzlies now. And there's no point in starting Bledsoe over John Morant because that doesn't make any sense. And at this point in Eric Bledsoe's career, he's not good enough to be a starting point guard on the on the Grizzlies, at least. I mean, maybe for a different franchise, but I just think that maybe he'd be a good backup for the Grizzlies. But 
maybe they'll trade him again because I was like I said, I read a report that said he didn't even want to be in Memphis. But I don't really see the Grizzlies playing Bledsoe off ball because he's he's not a shooting guard. He's more of a point guard. So so it's kind of an interesting situation. But yeah, I think that Adams is a better defensive player than Valanciunas. But like you said, Valanciunas brings a lot more offense. So an interesting trade for sure. But the um, Pelicans already had Zion. So I mean, I guess Adams didn't really fit well with them. So I thought it was a decent trade. But um, yeah. All right, so that's going to include, uh, conclude our NBA offseason segment. So now we're going to go into something that's kind of popping up in the sports right now. It's a very hot time for this, MLB trade deadline. Um, so obviously, with every single MLB trade deadline season, you're going to have your buyers and your sellers. Um, we've already seen a couple of trades, um, and there's already there's a lot of rumors flying around. So I'm just gonna go through them real quick. Obviously, for the main sellers, these are the main sellers. We got Cubs, the Rangers, Rockies, Marlins, Diamondbacks, Pirates, and the Twins. Um, the Cubs recently, uh, this happened last night, traded Andrew Chafin to uh, the Oakland Athletics, um, but you could also potentially see them trade a guy like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, maybe a Craig Kimbrell. Uh, those guys have value, and I'm not necessarily sure that they actually have much of a future in Chicago. Um, and so what they are probably going to try to do is if they don't see them as a part of a future, they don't want to pay them, you know, that whole thing, they're going to trade them to a contender, uh, try to get pieces back to, I guess, start the rebuild. Because I think the Cubs hit on their window when they won the world series uh they went super aggressive to try to win and obviously they did win and i think now they're kind of at a place where they kind of the window is kind of closing and so i think it is kind of that time that they are going to look to sell and they've already looked they've already sold uh quite a bit um so I think they're probably going to go full rebuild, but maybe they're going to try and do something next year. Obviously, baseball is a lot different than other sports when it comes to that thing. Um, the Twins. Twins are going to be an interesting team. Uh, they could trade Byron Buxton. I could see them doing that. He is one of the best center fielders in baseball, if not the best center fielder in baseball. Um, they got... They got Jose Barrios, he, he's he been a hot topic for teams uh, that need pitching, like the Dodgers, Padres, um, Mets, potentially, uh, teams that really need a pitcher. Um, Dodgers don't really need a pitcher, right? But, or, I mean, I mean the no, other the teams... the Dodgers need do need a pitcher because, obviously, the whole Bauer situation. Um, also, you have uh, May. May has had that... Uh, Tommy John injury. Uh, so they're kind of at a place where they could need extra pitching, especially when you're trying to compete. Um, they're in one of the most competitive divisions, the Dodgers are. Uh, NL West is crazy. So I think the NL yeah. teams, uh, the NL West teams are going to be some of the biggest buyers. Um, another name to look out for Trevor Story. Trevor Story plays for the Rockies. He's probably going to be one of the biggest bats on the market because he's he's a pretty good shortstop. Um, I could see him playing some other infield positions. Um, I 
think I read a report somewhere where they said that teams could consider him for an outfield position, but that was the Padres. Um, but obviously, I think he could play a couple of the infield positions. Um, but he plays a good shortstop. He's got a really good bat. He's he's a star. Um, and obviously, the Rockies are in no place to compete currently, and it's best for them to probably trade him, um, get some value. Um, a guy for the Diamondbacks, Eduardo Escobar, he he is an extra base machine. He doesn't hit for the highest average. He doesn't, you know, get on base crazy amount. I mean, he's still a pretty good player, and he's going to add a value to a team uh, wherever he gets traded. Um, because he is a pretty good bat, and he's not he's not a bad player. Um, so if a team's looking for a guy like that, he's a guy that's going to come up. And obviously, Diamondbacks could trade a guy like Cattell Marte. They could trade a lot of players, but I think he's probably going to be kind of the safest bet on being traded uh, by them. Uh, but the biggest one is Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer... I Great pitcher, wanted, yeah. Yeah, he's probably one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. And we could see him traded. We could see him not traded. Um, if I'm a Nationals fan, I want him to be traded, not because he's a bad player or because he doesn't add value to your team, but they didn't trade Bryce Harper. And he and ended up leaving. Yeah, Bryce Harper ended up leaving. So they didn't get anything back. So I feel like they should try to deal him so that they can get value back for Max Scherzer. The only issue is he can control where he wants to play because obviously when you want to sign one of the best players, you know, you're going to give them some clauses in the contract and that's one of those. Yeah. I think that he could either go to the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox. Cause I see him going to a big market team and I agree with you there. Cause I don't think that, you know, they can't make another mistake. Max Scherzer is one of the best pitchers in the league, like you said, and they can't just let him walk. They have to make a trade. But about the whole Dodgers situation, I definitely don't see Bauer coming back at all. And they do have Walker, Bueller, and Kershaw, but I bet the Dodgers probably wouldn't mind getting another talented pitcher. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, we'll see. Um, also, I've read reports, I've seen reports, that the Nationals have been kind of looking – they don't think Trey Turner is part of their future, which is kind of crazy. But if that is true, he could be another guy on the chopping block, on the trade block. Um, and I could see a lot of contenders going for him because he is a very good player. Um, and the whole point of the trade deadline, if you really want to contend, if you really want to contend, you're going to have to buy. You're going to have to maybe sacrifice a little bit of your farm system, sacrifice maybe some other players to try to improve, um, to compete. And so we've already seen a couple of moves like that. The Rays, the Rays got Nelson Cruz. Um, obviously Nelson Cruz is pretty old, so he doesn't add value to the future, but he adds value now because he is one of the best bats that was available for trade. Um, he hits, he just hits tanks. That's, basically what he does and so he's going to be a perfect dh uh for them and then they also traded rich hill rich hill is really old as well doesn't he's not the best pitcher but he's not a bad pitcher he doesn't he's not a strikeout machine you know he's gonna he's a pitcher who's 
going to maybe get hit on a bit, but he's not a bad pitcher. And the Mets obviously traded for him. Mets have a horrible situation right now when it comes to their uh, their IL, uh, the injury list. They've got a bunch of pitchers on the IL, so Rich Hill is kind of just a band-aid. I don't see him being like a major fix, and I think they might try to trade for another pitcher. And uh, before the deadline ends. And then you got a guy like Adam Frazier getting traded to the Padres. Um, he is a high average hitter. He hits for a high average, obviously he leads the MLB in hits, but he does not have any power. He doesn't barrel the ball up. He just kind of hits the ball and gets it in play. He doesn't hit the ball out. He doesn't really walk a whole lot. Um, he literally puts a ball in play. Um, but I think he fits decently well with the Padres. Um, I think what you're going to see is he's going to slide into second base. You're going to see Cronenworth slide into first base, and then Hosmer is probably going to be a bench player, and they might even trade him, uh, although that contract's going to be hard to trade. Um, but if you could trade, they traded, you know, a couple farm guys. Marcano is the number five guy in their system or was, he's not there anymore, but he was a shortstop, didn't really have a whole lot of ability to play other places um, on the field, so obviously I don't think he's ever going to, he was never going to play shortstop at uh, in San Diego, because obviously they have Tatis, and then they also have Abrams ahead of him, so I think for the Padres, that was a pretty good move um they've kind of been inconsistent when it comes to offense this year so i think getting a guy who has who hits for a high average and is going to get people get on base at a pretty decent amount it's gonna help um obviously the big deal that happened last night was andrew chafin going to the athletics um i was slightly surprised that the athletics actually tried to uh are doing kind of a win now move um, they tend not to, their owner's a little bit cheap, um, but they made a move and I like the move, you know, he's a very good reliever. Um, and that's one of the most important, um, positions in baseball these days, because, uh, starting pitchers are not going as deep into games and you really want to have a strong bullpen to, uh, if your start has a good start, to keep that going, um, that's going to win you games, especially come deep in the playoffs. You're going to want a reliable reliever uh, in that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the AL West, and notoriously the Oakland A's haven't been super good in the past few years, but the A's are 56-45 and 45. Uh, right now, and they're second place in the AL West, and the Mariners are doing really good too. They're right behind the A's. They're fifty-five and forty-six. So I guess the Mariners and the A's are kind of going for a win-now moves, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners made some trades um, as well. Yeah, the one thing about the Mariners is they're a young team, and they've got a lot of farm uh, pieces. So are they going to trade those guys, or are they going to kind of stay put and be like, we have a good base for the future? Um, I'll be interested to see which route they go. I think they could do a little bit of both. They could add some players that could help them win, um, but without sacrificing too much. 
of the future. All right. So big news in baseball. I mean, this isn't quite as big, but obviously Cleveland Indians are no more. They're not mm. the Cleveland Guardians. Um, so we're just going to give our thoughts on the logos. Um, you go first. Um, their new C logo, the new C, right? Don't mind it. It's clean. You know, it's a little bit more modernized than their old one. But the Guardians, you know, the script that's probably going to go across their chest, you know, I don't mind it either. But the Guardian logo with the G and the baseball, it's not it's not very attractive at all. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that the uh, Guardians with the lettering that looks pretty good, but the the G with the wings it looks a little weird. So it's not the best look for them. But I mean, it was a necessary change, and I guess they had to change uh, the name of their of their franchise. So yeah, yeah, and it actually has some significance to Cleveland as there's a bridge that connects parts of the city that has guardian statues on it so that's kind of where the guardians came from or that's what i heard from people from cleveland obviously i'm not from cleveland um but the name doesn't bother me you know at first i was a bit like that's weird because obviously it's 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 weird because it's not normal um but i've kind of opened up to the name but the logo is just not it's just not doing it for me. I, it just kind of does. It doesn't look. It doesn't look Major League Baseball to me. Right. Um. I mean, well, I was gonna say we'll see what the Washington Football Team does within the next year, year or two. But reportedly, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna stick with the Washington Football Team name for another season. So that's kind of funny. But my recommendation was that they should be the the Washington Warhogs or something like that, because obviously they can't be the Washington Redskins. And so I think they should, they should uh, make that change as soon as they can, but I'd rather be called the Warhogs than be called the, just the Washington football team. It's just kind of lame. No, my personal opinion, I love the Washington football team. Like I think it's actually really cool and I would be fine if they kept it that way. Cause it's just, I don't know. It, it something about it just sounds right to me. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's like there's no mascot. It might. It sounds a bit soccer, honestly. Too bland, bro. I mean, like you know, you got all those soccer teams. They go by you know, whatever. The Portland football Timbers. Club. The Portland Timbers. The FC Dallas. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's kind of like FC Dallas because they don't have like an official name. They're just yeah. football club Dallas. Kind of I mean, like a lot uh, of soccer teams don't really have a mascot or a team name. They kind of go by. You know, there's like Manchester United, you know. Yeah, I mean, overseas soccer teams are more likely or there's a lot. It's a lot more common when you have Manchester City, Manchester United, FC Barcelona, Football Club Barcelona. You got, you know, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, kind of like, you know. Yeah. And then you think about the MLS, you know, they got the Seattle Sounders, the Portland Timbers, the... Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC. So you, it kind of goes all over the place in the MLS. But in the MLS, you know, it's more common to have actual team names uh, compared to overseas. Yeah, but the Washington football team, I just like it. But that's just me. Bruh. Okay. 
Now, let's get in some juicy, juicy, juicy stuff that's going on in the college football world. Texas and Oklahoma. They're both they are reportedly trying to join the SEC. The latest I've heard is that the SEC is having a meeting to consider their application into the league. They have told the Big 12 that they're not going to re-sign a deal after 2025. So, obviously... It's big news now because it's all breaking, but the Big 12 is going to exist until 2025. But this is kind of the downfall of the Big 12. So you got anything to say? Well, I think that is the downfall, and it's kind of stupid how nowadays teams just want to go to whatever, wherever the best competition is because I like it how it – you know, I liked it obviously how it was before, and it's a lot better when – teams stay in their division and then there's the college football playoff um but it's a very interesting move and i you know wouldn't be surprised if some other teams leave the big 12 or if oregon wants to leave the pac-12 because you know nowadays people just want to players just want to compete with the best teams and people just make these moves for money you know what i mean it's kind of like the it's kind of like the super league when all those rich owners wanted to create one league with the 20 best teams in the world and just have them consistently play against each other. But that's just a stupid move because it ruins the English Premier League. It ruins La Liga. It ruins all these other big soccer leagues. You know, that means that Real Madrid would never play against, you know, all these other teams like Jafate or Hefate and all these other like FC, FC Valencia and all these other clubs. So it's kind of like stupid in my opinion, but I mean, nowadays people will do anything for money and they just want to do it for the entertainment and they want to make as much money as they can. Well, it is a money move. Um, yeah. They're going to make a lot more money in the SEC, but I don't think this move would have been at all possible without the playoff expanding. Because it used to be with a 14 playoff, you know, winning your conference or being in a conference where you would very easily win is going to help you make the playoff because you're going to not have as much competition in your season. So you're going to have a better record, which is going to, you know, help. But with the 12 team playoff, that doesn't really, that goes out the window. Um, if you play, if you're Oklahoma and you play in the SEC, you know, and you go 10 and 2 with losses to like Alabama and Georgia. I'm obviously, I don't know how their schedule is going to look, but that's strong enough to be a top 12 team, right? But that's not even, that's not strong enough to be top four team. So right. with that happening, you know, you're going to see a lot of teams be like, oh, I can just go make more money and still have a shot at the playoff. I was not a big fan of the 12-team playoff. I don't think it adds much value to college football. It was a complete money grab by the NCAA because they're just going to get more profit off more football. Um, it's not good for the athletes, in not my opinion, because obviously you still got to remember these are student athletes. They got They still got to do finals. They still got to do their schoolwork, whatever. you know. And obviously now they're making money off their name image likeness because of the new NIL rules, but that's cool. It's not like they're not really getting paid for it. It's that they can profit off themselves, but it's not yeah. their actual, they're not getting paid for playing. So it, 
it can help grow their brand, but I just feel like it just takes away what was a little bit special about college football, you know, which is where you kind of had a little bit of conference pride. You know, you play the same teams every year, you know, and I feel like that's kind of dwindling into nothing. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen to the Big 12 because I personally believe that Texas and Oklahoma are kind of carrying the Big 12 when it came to a money standpoint. Obviously, you still yeah. got Kansas that could that makes a decent amount of money because they are one of the best basketball teams. But you do have a lot of teams that don't really have the biggest fan base, don't really have that big of a market outside of Big 12 country. Their own conference, yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with those teams because is it is the league like the Big 10 going to bring in people from the Big 12? Is it is the Pac-12 going to bring in people from the Big 12? You know, what's going to happen to some of the members? Um, that we don't really know what's going to happen. I think a lot of stuff's going to happen uh, shortly once everything gets figured out. Maybe the Big 12 just tries to stay strong and just adds a couple teams. Who knows what they're going to do. But I feel like even if the Big 12 stays the Big 12 and they add a couple teams, they're not going to be a Power 5 conference anymore. Right, because it's not the same because they don't have their two best teams, Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, football-wise, Texas and Oklahoma are the best in that conference. I just think it's really stupid, and I completely agree. I think that you know, there's no more divisional rivalries. There's no more playing the same teams every year, like the Ducks playing Washington, the Ducks playing Washington State, you know, University of Oregon playing Oregon State. I just think it's going to ruin ruin college football. And nowadays, people just want to make money, and they don't really care about these divisional rivalries or being loyal to your conference. You know, I'm glad that obviously the Super League didn't go through for that stupid league where there was going to be 20 of the best teams in the world just played against each other continuously. But the Big 12 is going to be ruined if Texas and Oklahoma leave successfully. Because what are they going to do? Just fill in with two other teams? I mean, it's just it's just a tough move, man. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, um, obviously, it's pretty early on in this process. News kind of broke maybe, I think, about a week ago. So, like, obviously, we'll see what comes of it. Obviously, there could be some drama when it comes to a team like Texas A&M who left the Big 12 to get away from Texas because Texas kind of had a big control over what happened in the Big 12 conference. Um, So we will see... uh, what happens uh, with all of that. Um, this isn't the first time teams, you know, like Texas and Oklahoma threatened to leave the Big 12. Obviously, there was an exodus from the Big 12. Uh, obviously, Nebraska, Colorado, Texas A&M, and Missouri all used to be Big 12 members, and now they're not. Um, so I felt like ever since that point, the Big 12 was kind of on its last legs. And... Obviously, you could replace a team like Texas Tech, but you cannot replace an Oklahoma or a Texas in the Big 12. Yeah, it's true. All right, so that's going to do it today. Uh, This is our first podcast, obviously, so we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter, kind of touch on every topic that we wanted to discuss. Uh, We're probably going to be back next week or maybe in two weeks, um, and our main focus then is probably going to be on football.
Do you want to touch on the NBA draft real quick too or no? Oh yeah, the NBA draft is going to be coming up. Uh, so we'll we also a, touch on yeah. that next week. So we're going to dive into uh, NFL preview, college football preview, some NBA draft stuff. Um, probably a little bit of a short wrap-up on uh, MLB trade deadline, kind of talk about other moves that happened. Um, obviously, after that, we recorded this, uh, the trade deadline will be done. So we'll touch on that a little bit. And yeah, I think that's going to be what we'll talk about next podcast. And obviously that's going to conclude this podcast. Yeah, that's it guys. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Yep. Catch everybody soon. Hope you enjoyed. Peace.